This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the show. Big thank you to Bosley for sponsoring this episode. And guys, if you're wrestling with what to do with hair loss, I can pin this down for you. Go to Bosley. Bosley is America's number one hair restoration expert, and Bosley can help you keep the hair you have and put hair where you need it most. And today, my listeners can get started by learning more with a free info kit and $250 off gift card just by texting CVV to 203203. The earlier you take action, the more options you're going to have for keeping your hair. Millions of people all over the country have turned to Bosley to help find solutions for their hair loss. I mean, people trust Bosley, and so should you. Bosley offers the latest technology and the only permanent solution for hair loss. So get started today with a free info kit by texting CVV to 203203. That's CVV to 203203. It's Chris Mania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, oh, with the powerful you. questions. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us on another insightful audio adventure on the Chris Van Vliet Show. This episode is brought to you by Bosley, Indeed, and bet online. And Ricky Starks is one of the fastest rising stars in AEW. He's also one of the nicest stars. And there's so many great takeaways from this conversation. Things that you can start applying to your own life immediately. Stop a screenshot, tag us on social media so I can retweet you. I'm at Chris Van Vliet on Twitter and Ricky is at Starkman Jones. And if it's your first time here, Hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes or any future conversations that we have because we have at least two, if not three, conversations, episodes, interviews every single week. This week, we got three of them. What a week, right? If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, by the way, it'd be so super appreciated if you could just take a few seconds out of your day right now to scroll down and click those five stars. And if you're feeling extra generous, you could even leave a review as we creep ever so close to that goal of 2,000 reviews before my birthday of May 19th. Right now, we're at 1305, so I feel like we're, we're getting there. We're definitely making some progress here. This one is from Green Giant 311 who says, Road to 2,000. Here in Oregon, I watch on YouTube or listen at work if I don't have time. Chris gets the best guests. Well, thank you, Green Giant. That's an interesting username. I wonder how tall you actually are. Is your skin actually green? Or maybe you're just a fan of the Green Giant brand of beans or corn or 
whatever other canned vegetables that they have. But thank you. <laughs> thank you for helping. Get us one step closer on that road to 2000. Much appreciated. And the, and the point of all of this is I'll be reading one review on the show every single episode. So uh, keep them coming in. Ricky Starks turned a lot of heads when he debuted on Dynamite on June 17th when he accepted Cody's challenge for open challenge for the TNT championship. He says he actually manifested that moment into existence. That one-time appearance with AEW turned into him getting signed, and now he's been entertaining us with some incredible promos and some amazing matches. He's got a lot of comparisons to a young rock, so we talk a little bit about that. We also talk about how growing up in New Orleans really shaped the person that he is now, how he became friends with The Undertaker, that's crazy to even say that. And what he thinks that he needs to do to take his career to the next level. So here we go. Please welcome Ricky Starks. Absolute Ricky Starks. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thanks, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, I think it's, man, when was the last time I saw you? At uh, NWA, right? NWA. I saw you. I saw you the day you won the t- television championship. Ah, the pay per view, hard times. Yeah, yeah, I was right. there. I was Can like, man, that? that was this year. I, I, that, I know, it feels like fourteen years ago. Oh, that's insane to think about. That all happened this year, dude. But what a year for you! What a year this has been. Psh, yeah. <laughs> insane, An insane trajectory. Uh, from winning the NWA television title at hard times to, you know, being in Jacksonville and having a, a, a huge main event tag match against Cody and, and Darby Allen tonight. I couldn't fathom it. But I mean, this year has probably been filled with the highest of highs and also the lowest of lows for you. Yeah. Uh, especially, especially around, you know, the beginning of uh, the, the March, beginning of March, April, around that time period, I didn't know what was going to happen. And uh, I, I couldn't have imagined the results of all of that, you know, leaving NWA and, and whatnot. So, and then, then being in during a pandemic, like there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot to digest <laughs> when you it, think about it. If there wasn't a pandemic, if this was just a normal year, like quote unquote normal year, like last year, yeah. you think you'd still be with NWA? Uh, probably, probably. I think, I think so. But that's a hard one because I had a, I had a year plan already scoped out for myself. And in that year plan, it wasn't, it wasn't in the writing for me to be there for, for as long uh, as I could have been right now. In my head, I was going to be there for maybe like, you know, eight months, get what I could out of it and see, and then, you know, assess my career from there and then move on. Uh, but obviously that got shortened up a bit just through the pandemic and things like that. And now we're here. Right. You know, you're such good friends with Sammy Guevara. So I'm curious when Sammy got signed, when he's one of the, you know, original hires of AEW, yeah. is there a little, I mean, obviously you're happy for him, but was there a little part of you that's like, man, how come they didn't call me too? Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, there, there was a lot of that. Uh, there's, that was a feeling that I had to deal with because, at the time, Sammy got hired, and then I had friends who were getting signed to NXT, uh, and I was—I I remember one day, like being at the gym, 
and just thinking like, damn, man, what, what is it? You know, I've been doing it for, um, that, been doing it for eight years, nine years when Sammy got signed. Right. And so it's just like, I don't know what else to do. I've really run the gambit of things to, to, to put myself out there with and, you know, different shows to go to. Cause at the time I wasn't big on the Indies. I, I never had that. Uh, so I really was struggling with that mentally to figure out like, damn, I, I'm happy. But at the same time, I'm literally being left behind. Everyone mm. is moving on. Mm. But I mean, you kind of bet on yourself by making these vignettes, paying, paying to make these vignettes, which in the indie world, paying to like do anything is like a, it's a crazy thing to think about. You want to be putting money in your pocket, not out of your pocket. So right. what, what went into that whole decision? So I had the, I had a WWE tryout in 2017, right? I got told no. Uh, and the, it was just more of a no, not right now. When we do the Cruiserweight Classic part two, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll be a contender for that or whatever the case may be. Hmm. And so at the time I had just come back no, I think I, was, I went to England that year and I came back and nothing. That was it. I was just still doing Texas Indies. And I remember thinking to myself, I can't compete with guys who are able to do the crazy flips and all that. Right. But no one can really compete with me when it comes to personality and character. And so I remember thinking I had this idea of making this lookbook. I said, I'm going to make a lookbook for myself. And it's not necessarily like there's a, a story to it or anything, but you watch it and you're either intrigued by it. You're either like curious or you want to see more. And I went and found this guy in Texas. His name is Travis Ward, uh, another metals pr production company he has. He's awesome. Like one of the best dudes ever. And I literally scoped out the, the, the places I wanted to go as far as filming. And I wrote down everything that I had envisioned. And I pitched it to him and we together, he said, okay, we can go here and film it here and we can do this and we can do that. And so uh, I spent for that one, I spent a little bit over $600 for it and it came out great. It, it was perfect. I, I produced it all. The only thing I didn't do was the editing and filming, but everything else, the, the wardrobe, the coloring, all that came from me. And that was just my way of like, Hey, this is, this is what I'm about. And it, you know, it kind of picked up with interest at first. Uh, and in my head, I said, all right, I'm spending this money right now, but this will like, who's to say two years from now, I'm not making well over $200,000. This little 600 will be, yeah, it'll be paid for. So that's how I approached it. And that was just a way of, of trying to get out there. Cause I had no other choice. I, I couldn't figure out anything else to do. Were you doing this with a goal in mind? I mean, because, you know, this was fairly unprecedented at the time. So were you doing this with a goal in mind of like, I'm going to make this, then I'm going to like send this out. Maybe I'll send this back to WWE. Maybe I'll send this to some wrestlers I know. Yeah, actually. So the, the goal was always to use that as some type of uh, a platform to like get some eyes on me, right? And in my head, I said, this will be the way that I get in. Whatever company, because AEW at the time wasn't around. Right. I wasn't even thought. But I said, this is the way to get in. And I remember sending those videos in particular uh, to William Regal and to like uh, Canyon Seaman. And, you know, they, I think Regal was very positive in the reaction to it, uh, very receptive, but there wasn't much that came from it. Hmm. So uh, at that point, I was like, okay. So I kept trucking along and then I came up with another idea to do another one. 
And it just kept building from there. And essentially what I didn't realize at the time was these were promo packages that I was creating for myself um, better than some of the wrestling companies were doing for their own signed talent. You know what I'm saying? So this was a better introduction to a wrestler than even the major wrestling companies were able to do. So, yeah, you know, that was cool to have at least. And somehow I actually... When I saw you back at Hard Times, I interviewed Nick Aldis and he brought you up in the interview. Right, yeah. And Nick Aldis was basically saying like, you, someone who's betting on themselves like that, you've got to take a chance on. And it was because of Nick that you got into NWA. You know, uh, and that's, that's a funny story because I think what happened was Nick saw the video, saw the first one, and then sent it to Lagana. And they hadn't seen me wrestle and they never saw me cut a promo. And they said, hey, this guy's very creative. Mm. So let's at least take a chance on this and see. And that's that's when I got hit up by Lagana to do the NW70 pay-per-view. Uh, and it kind of just started from there when they wanted to do a, a, you know, a TV show, an episodic TV show that would air on YouTube. And that's how right. that all got. But yeah, he initially saw it from Twitter, which, like I had said earlier, that kind of it worked out because that was the point. Yeah. It's like you became a, a filmmaker in the process. Dude, I love it. It was great. I, I'm a huge, Quentin Tarantino is one of my favorite directors. I love, yeah. I love, love cinematography. It's so great because the medium there of wrestling and, and film, no one's really touched on it. No one's really tapped into it. And not to toot my own horn, but some of the vignettes, you know, you, it, you don't see, you, no one's done them really. People have tried, but no one has really still done those types of vignettes for themselves or on uh, national TV. So is this something you would recommend? You know, if, if there's an indie wrestler that's watching this right now, that's trying to, you know, get noticed, would you say, yeah, go down that path. It works for me. Sure, I would. But at the same time, just like others before me, when they told me to go down their path, it was always met with a disclaimer of this may or may not work for you. So yeah. you really have to see, like, just try it. This yeah. was like, I wouldn't say this was a last ditch effort, but this was the idea that I hung all of my hats on to be like, this, this has to be it. There's no other way. <laughs> so how did AEW come about? Well, that's a crazy story because, so I didn't resign with NWA. I told them, no, thank you. I'm, I'm good. Uh, and this pandemic had just started. And so I remember watching AEW Dynamite. Uh, it's the night that Cody came out and said that he would be issuing an open challenge and then went on Twitter and said, this is open to anybody. And so I remember watching that. And then uh, that was so the next day, Thursday, I was at the gym again. And I, dude, I had this like vision and this vision came to me where I was like, I, I could see myself walking out. I could see myself cutting this promo on them and it, just this huge thing. Right. And so I could like it, it was recurring. And the next day I had it still. I said, oh, this is how I get in. And so that Sunday, I got a text message uh, from, from AEW saying, hey, there's an opportunity here to, to challenge for the title. Are you interested? And I said, hell yeah. And then got my, my stuff booked and I went to AEW and I, I wrestled Cody. Uh, the funny thing is, is that I thought that was just a one-off thing in right. my head. I thought I would wrestle, go on the indies, raise my rate, and then build my stock because I didn't <laughs> think that they were hiring. I just, I figured 
we're in a pandemic. No one's hiring it now. Everything, the world has stood still. Yeah. And so, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I came to the back and really didn't hear, I, it was a good, you know, a good reaction to the match, but that was it. And then when it aired, I got a call from Tony Khan and kind of went from there. So you visualized this and mm-hmm. then did you take any steps after that or it just kind of happened that AEW reached out to you after this? So I didn't, so I'm trying to remember the, the timeline of it. I had visualized it. I want to say that weekend that, so that week I did bust it open on Monday. Right. Uh, and that was, yeah, I was get yourself over on Monday. I did that interview. And then immediately after I had went and posted my new video, I did another vignette that I had, was waiting on to, to issue. So I had that going. And then Wednesday I had saw it and then had the vision. And then Sunday I got the, the call. Keep in mind in between that, uh, Cody had saw the vignette as well online and, and said he liked it. Right. So I was like, okay, after I had the vision though, I never followed up with anyone because I didn't have any contacts at AEW. I have friends there, yeah. I have friends here, but I didn't use them just yeah. because I'm a very, I'm a very independent person. And so I was like, well, if it's meant for me, it's meant for me. It, yeah. My motto is that everything works itself out. I have I'll always, always say that I don't yeah. stress about things because it does me no good. So while I didn't really put any uh, action to it, I was training. I was still eating well. I was making sure that I was in shape and, you know, doing all things that are, is necessary. But I never reached out to anyone uh, prior to that. Just is because visual, is visualization like a part of your routine? Is this something you do frequently? Dude. Man, I, manifestation is a huge thing that I believe in because yes. at the times when I was living in a car or, you know, sleeping on someone's couch, or I did not have a uh, means to, to pay my insurance or almost my rent, something would happen. Like in case in point, I remember back in like February after my birthday um, or March, excuse me, I couldn't, I had needed like 150 bucks for my insurance and I didn't have it. I just didn't have it because I wasn't making money at NWA. I was not making any money to the point where it's just, I was very struggling. And uh, so I need 150 bucks. And I remember cleaning out my closet and I went through the shoebox for some reason and I found $200. I was like, Oh my God, that isn't the first time stuff like that has happened though. That's the thing. There's been common occurrences where things like that just happen. And I'm like, it's not a, a coincidence at that point. It's it's how I perceive myself in the world and the energy that I put out. Wow. I'm not some huge hippie, but when it comes to manifestation, I 1000% believe in it. I'm with 1, you. 1001% over here. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't ignore it, man. No, I completely agree. And it, you know, it's one of those things that I feel like without getting too woo-woo, I feel like the universe matches the energy that you put out. Yes, absolutely. And it takes time to figure that out. Yeah. And I feel like it, that, that comes from experience and actually going through a lot of BS. Yeah. And, and rotation of like, oh, something bad happened again. Oh, woe is me. You know? Right. But you want to talk about the energy that you put out. I mean, nobody has more charisma, I feel like, than you do. And were you always this guy? Like, were you the kid who was just like, you know, the class clown? Like, look at me. Yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> That's, that's me in a nutshell. I'm very, um, 
I'm very, I'm, I'm much of a smart ass in the sense of I say things, I'm very quick with it. I'll say things at the, the slip of a tongue. Uh, and I'm always trying to do something to make other people laugh. So that's just how I am. That's how I grew up. I wouldn't say I was necessarily the class clown. Uh, that, I left that to other people, but I'm more of the subtle comedic relief, you know, back right. in high Yeah. But yeah. This has been a thing that I, I feel like I've always been just a person who wanted to put on a show for someone. Yeah. I mean, now you've, you know, translated that into being a fantastic promo guy. And I'm Thanks. curious growing up, who were the promo guys that you watched and went so good? Well, I mean, there wasn't it. So when I was younger, I think a lot of my influence comes from the fact that I grew up in New Orleans and I was around a lot of older people in New Orleans and I had a conversation. I'm a very much of an old soul. So I'll have a conversation with an older person than I would a younger person because I mm. just relate better. So I take a lot of the things that I say and whatnot from those people, from the, from the elders that I grew up with. Um, it wasn't until I got into wrestling fully that I started to really deep dive on promo guys. Um, you think of people like Thunderbolt Patterson as, as a promo guy um, who actually the rock kind of patterned himself after as well. Same with Booker, Booker T. Uh, so I had guys like that. I had guys like, Stone, like I used to study Stone Cold when he was in ECW. I used to study like Paul Heyman as well. Obviously, I could say The Rock. The Rock is a great promo, but that wasn't someone that I I studied. Um, I studied a lot of how Dusty talked and and you know things like that. So I think the the majority of that just came from how I grew up. Right, and now there's all kinds of comparisons to The Rock because of because of how you are on the mic. But I mean, you also kind of look like Survivor yeah. Series Rock. Yeah, I get it. Ooh, there's yeah. the eyebrow. Wow. I should have been casted in that new uh, bio show, biopic show that he has. I'm uh, telling you. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not I'm not too too saddened or, or mad about the comparisons. Right. Well, you shouldn't be. <laughs> right. Just because, like, I mean, that's cool to, to have that. But I know at the end of the day who I'm patterning myself after, uh, if you even want to call it that. And, and I already know how my my lineage is going to be moving forward. The comparison won't last my entire life. They mm. just won't. Uh, so if that's the starter for how people see me right now and then the, the intrigue is still there, then I'm fine with that. You know, when I was watching your vignettes again to prepare for this interview, I actually saw like a Prince vibe. Hell yeah. Yeah, I love Prince. Oh, okay. I love, yeah. I do not like Michael Jackson, but I love Prince. Uh and so obviously there's some, the style that Prince has and the coolness that he has, I mean, that's, anyone can see that. Uh, but yeah, in those vignettes, there was some Prince, dude, especially the first video. If you saw the first video before it got taken down, there's a electric blue, or excuse me, a computer blue, uh, like a solo. That whole guitar riff is computer blue itself. Huh. And so that's that's really where I got that idea from because that's one of my favorite songs. You know, if we talk about this lineage that you, you know, obviously have in mind and what you're headed towards, what do you think it is that you need in order to get to that next level? I think the next step would be a championship title. I think having that 
here's my opinion. I don't necessarily need a title. I can be just as great without it. I could probably go my entire career without ever having a title. But obviously the title adds a little certain spice to things. And that only enhances the flavor of the entire meal. Right. So I think <laughs> having that only takes me another step. I think you need, right I think you need, and everybody needs this, but I think it would really help you to have a live crowd because you would, you would, you know, the 10, 15,000 people that are going to be at AEW shows when things open back up again, will be in the palm of your hand. You know, I've been waiting and I I've, I've often dreamt about how that would be right. Like I can, I understand how that is for an intimate crowd. Like you saw at the, the studios in Atlanta yeah. and that was fun. Um, but I often think about walking out and being like 15,000, 20,000 people. How is the reaction going to be? Because yeah. we can base it off of how the reaction is right now online. And that's a good, that's a good measure, but it's different when you're at a live setting like that and an atmosphere that's shared by you know, 19,000 other people. I think it's safe to say a lot of things have changed in 2020, including how we work. Businesses across the globe now are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more visits than any other job site. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time. There's no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria so you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job. This makes Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit today at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer that you will find Anywhere. So go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire. The offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And football is back in full swing, baby. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off by wagering on wins, division, and championship futures. You can do this all day, every day. So head to Bet Online and take advantage of their great sign up bonuses. Just make sure you use the code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE. All one word at betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Who would you say is the biggest influence in your life? It doesn't need to be wrestling. It can be, you know, just across the board. Damn, that's a hard one. The biggest influence, because I'm being frank. Obviously, my family is a great influence on me. My, my 
my mom, my sister, my brother, and my niece. Uh, they're a, a huge influence. I think when it comes to wrestling at a time, biggest influence was taker for me. Mm. I, I tried to really pattern myself at the undertaker in the sense of a leader, a wrestler, you know, things like that. And I still do to a certain extent, uh, because now I've had, I've had to grow into my own, but those, those two main influences would be that I gave you the family and I gave you the wrestler side of it. How did you become friends with the undertaker? <laughs> so I, I crazy I, to even ask that. I know, especially for how much of a fan I am. Uh, so back in, in Austin, there's a uh, gym called on it. And I used to go to on it. I, w- I went there. I only started going to on it because I thought I would have a tryout back in 2016. So I was training way before, you know, I, I fully had my, my tryout. And so I was there. Um, barely making it by because it was like $194 a month. And I was this dude making minimum wage. Uh, and so I would go at the same time that Taker was there because Taker was preparing for his match against Shane uh, in Dallas for Mania. So whoever knows what that timeline is, you can correct it. WrestleMania 32. Yeah. 2016, yeah. right? That'd be, yeah. Four WrestleManias ago. Okay. Yeah. Five WrestleMania. Yeah. One of them. So he was there constantly and he was filming a documentary, but he was filming a documentary just for his family because he figured that would be the last one. Mm. I, I, I befriended the, um, the documentary, the guy who's doing the documentary, his name was Brandon, really nice dude. And I told him like, Oh, that's one of my favorites. And I would talk to Taker. I, would, I went up to him. I'd say, thank you for everything. Blah, 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 this and that. And so since I was there all the time, he would come and make small talk with me. So that happened. That was it. I want to say fast forward to the next year, me and my tag partner, Aaron Solo, went and started to film a documentary on us, just on the indies. And there was a part where Brandon asked Taker if he wouldn't mind sitting down with us and us asking questions and, and, you know, being under the learning tree. Yeah. And from there, Taker was getting ready for his match against Cena and Mania 34 in New Orleans, I think it was. Yep. So he had, he, he, he hit us up. And wanted to train and WWE sent out this ring to this, this location. It was a sick setup. I'll never forget. We were in there. I want to say, uh, for two days or three days. And I was just in the ring sparring with undertaker. And I, I couldn't, I, I cannot fathom it. I cannot understand it. Like I met Michelle and I met him. I met his daughter. It was the most insane thing I've ever done in my life. And and this is, you know, before things obviously started happening with AEW, you had had yeah. some, you had worked as developmental talent in, or I guess, you know, enhancement talent in WWE. Were your conversations with Undertaker like, hey, how can I like kind of get my foot in the door a little bit more? No, and I'm never that type of person. And, and I'll tell you why. Because I feel like my hard work and dedication should speak volumes for itself. And if you're a person who sees that and acknowledges that, wow, this dude busts his ass, maybe I should try to help him out, then that's fine. But there's times where I just won't ask because in my head, it's like, if I have to ask, that puts, you know, that kind of puts that person in a position and all all this other stuff that goes through my head. So I always just say, if I work hard enough, it will work. It may not be right when I want it to, yeah, but it will happen. Yeah. You know how often Ryback shares that clip of putting you through the table backstage? 
I, 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 not enough, I would assume. <laughs> not, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I see it pop up on the algorithm for YouTube. Like There you so go. Much. I'm when like, you t- when you type your name into YouTube, that's one of the number one clips, and your name's not even in the title. I know it's a renal <laughs> worker. Yeah, but you know the work that you did with WWE, you were in the ring with you know some pretty big talent there. Dude, I, I wrestled Kane, I wrestled uh, FTR, I wrestled Ginger Mahal, and it's so funny to see the same. You know, when you're up there, are the same people you see when you're. Not, not in a negative way. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's almost cyclical because there's, there's a show that I wrestled gender Mahal at, uh, and then I'm working with FTR and I saw Ryback at, at the Vegas in Vegas at the gym and he gave me great, great advice. So it's, right. it's so crazy to think about. So how close do you think you were to working for WWE after doing that talent, or, you know, the enhancement talent with them and then the tryout? Not, I don't think I was close at all. Wow. And I'll never understand why. I never understand why for someone, uh, I love wrestling. It really is the only, I've never played any sports. I never did anything. I only watch wrestling. And I have immersed myself and become obsessed with it. And I love it to death. So when I did the tryout in 2017, and I was told and saw the reaction when I killed it in the promo class and I was keeping up with everybody when we were doing the workouts and even Bloom was saying how good of a, a good of a job I did. I realized they didn't want a wrestler. Hmm. They wanted someone who wasn't passionate about it, that they can probably make into it. And I don't, and I still don't get why that was a time period where I kind of went crazy. I dyed my hair. I kind of couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Um, so I don't know why that happened. And I thought every time I went to WWE, I was like, oh, this is going to be it. This is how I get in. And it wasn't. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. And I'm okay with that. Because the funny thing is the day that I wrestled Cody, I got a a phone call from, from WWE saying, Hey, we've been watching you and we wanted to bring you in. I said, Oh, really? Okay. Interesting of all days. And so I entertained that conversation because I was curious. Yeah. So I think I knew already what decision I was going to make. And I had a very dear, great friend tell me once, you should look at the people who want to invest in you and not know anything about you, as opposed to the people who only wanted you when they saw someone else having interest. Yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah. So that put things in perspective. And I don't hold any ill will towards WWE. But I really think they dropped the ball majorly on, on that. And I, I, I'll never know why. And I guess I don't care now, but. Doesn't matter now. It's very interesting yeah. to, to hear that WWE is watching Dynamite, though. <laughs> well, yeah. Tell me about it. That's, they, they watch everything. I don't believe that they don't. I, yeah. I do think they have their eyes everywhere. Have you ever called 1-800-STARKS line? I have. It's a sex hotline. What? Yeah. No, it's not. It is. It's pretty cool. Well, it was. I don't know if they went out of business, but I would think business went up during the COVID period. (laughs) Right before we got on this call, I dialed it. And it's obviously way too many numbers, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it connected anyway. And it said, we have a special offer for you. If you're over the age of 50, press one. So I'm like, all right, 
press one. And then this woman came out, like a live woman. This was not a sex line. She goes, hi, this is like the health, you know, discount hotline. And I was like, oh, I'll just hang up now. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's so weird. I swear when I, I started that back in 2015, maybe 2014. And I remember calling it just because I was curious as well. And uh, it was a sex hotline. But I guess they changed it now. I should have bought the number. I, I had the idea of buying the number and having a pre-recorded um, like a clip of me talking when you yeah. called it. I couldn't figure out how though, and I didn't have the money to really spend on that. That gimmick. yeah, but, it's it's a lot as easy as just setting up a website. Yeah, exactly. I could have just did it with the Google number, and then literally had it be a live number. Yeah, and had people well, that, bombard me with calls. All well, day. then that would just be annoying. Yeah, exactly. Then I was like, all right, this is stupid. Guys, I got to go to sleep now. Yeah. And also hang out with The Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, we have to eat barbecue together. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love how you talk about how much, how important visualization is. And I think that there's, you know, there's so much that can be taken out of that. I also think that gratitude is a really important quality to have. And I always say, be great and you'll be grateful. And I want to end this by asking you, what are three things that you're grateful for in your life right now? Well, I'm definitely grateful for the job that I have. I'm internally grateful because if I'm grateful, then the teenage self is grateful and my child self is grateful. Uh, I'm also grateful to still have the, the ability to now take care of my family and buy my mom a house or a car or, or give money to my sister and my brother and my niece. I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I'm also grateful to just be in the position that I am in and to have other people say, Hey, you, you are good enough. You are good enough to be here. You, you're a, a talent unlike no other. Uh, and I'm grateful that you're here. I, you know, hearing that from other people, having the friendships that I have, I'm all grateful for that because yeah. Like we talked about earlier, I couldn't have predicted this happening the way it has happened. Yeah. And I think that the day that I, I, before I die, I would definitely tell my kids, you know, uh, people talk all the time about like dreams and things like that. And if you dream it, you can make it happen. I think that's BS. What I, what I say is that if you manifest it and you put in the work and make sure all your, your eggs are in order, it will work. It will work out. There's, you didn't manifest no timeline. You just manifested getting to the, the, the end goal, right? So that's what I think that's how I, I, I take these things now. And I look back and think about, especially with Thanksgiving around, yeah. the things that I am supremely grateful for. Yeah. I, I'm so excited for you. Congratulations. When I saw you got signed, I was like, yes, of course. It's <laughs> amazing. Can I still call you stroke daddy or we don't do that anymore? I mean, yeah, for sure. People still do. I, I think a lot of people wonder why I haven't gone by that nickname. And it's like, I'm, I'm on TV. I can't go by that anymore. Y'all that's, that's a, that's a line that very, you know, that, that's a hard one to maneuver around. So, but I, I do miss that nickname because it makes me think of back to, you know, the independence. This was so great, man. Uh, thank you. And again, I, I'm congratulations. I'm really pumped for you, man. Thank you, man. This is a, this is a crazy time we're living in, but I think, I think obviously this was going to happen either way. This interaction was always destined to happen the way it has. It just needed to take some time. Yeah. I appreciate you, man.
I appreciate you, Chris. This was fun and great. And I loved it. We'll do a part two another time soon. I think we should do a part two once I become champion, whether that's AW world champion or the AW TNT champion. Done. You heard it here first. Yeah, you get first dibs. There it is. Absolute Ricky Starks. And I feel like this is an interview that we'll be coming back to in a year or two or five when he's holding those titles that he was talking about. I mean, he's just a mega talent in the ring. And yeah, it's just a matter of time before he holds the TNT Championship, the World Championship, and you know, and any other title that AEW happens to come out with. Take a screenshot. Let us know what stood out for you the most here. Tag us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Chris Van Vliet. And Ricky is at Starkman Jones. And he said it during his promo on Dynamite when he debuted. And he said he's always had two things. His work ethic and grit. And both of those things can take you as far as you want to go in life. And he has a lot of both. He has a lot of both work ethic and grit. And basketball coach Tim Notke said it best. I love this quote so much. I say this all the time. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Oh, that is so true. Be great. Be grateful, my friends. Hope you have a great week and we will see you on the next one.